Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. I have spent a fair amount of time defending Donald Trump just today. This ruling in Colorado is nuts, and I've got more to say on it in terms of how people act emotionally coming up. Uh, but allow me to say equally that Donald Trump is ridiculous and his supporters you're ridiculous I'm going to give you the, the, the reason I say such a thing if you want to argue it 833 got Tony Tony Katz Tony Katz today it's good to be with you 833-468-8669 am I looking for an argument today is that it I don't know Maybe it was the lack of sleep last night. The cold decided to come back and punch me in the face. I don't know what it is. I don't know. Maybe I'm just feeling ornery. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share with you a story, and I want, I want somebody who supports Trump 24-7 to defend ridiculousness. A ridiculous statement from Donald Trump. He should be told he's a dope. The statement from Donald Trump is that he called Congressman Chip Roy of Texas a rhino. Chip Roy? Chip Roy is a rhino. That is a dopey, ridiculous thing to say. Trump taking... To Truth Social. Hello. Hey, sir. Uh, usually we say that when you're doing Twitter, but now Twitter's X, so that wouldn't even work. So we'll just use it as your Truth Social thing. Really, anytime you make a social media post, okay? Hello. There it is. Um, has any smart and energetic Republican in the great state of Texas, writes President Trump, decided to run in the primary against rhino Congressman Chip Roy? For the right person, he is very beatable. If interested, let me know. Um, there's a, there's a, 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 a lot you could say about a lot of things. You can't call Chip Roy a rhino. You sound like a crazy person. Now, of course, Chip Roy is supporting Ron DeSantis and there's commentaries like this. Chip Roy, he joins us now from Iowa. Congressman, thank you for coming in. You're in Iowa with Ron DeSantis, and I have heard you say many times, you do not put a lot of stock in the polls that I'm just citing about him being a distant second to Trump there. Do you consider anything short of a win in Iowa a victory for Ron DeSantis there? Well, I'm not looking through that lens, all right? Well, we need a victory for the American people. Uh, Governor DeSantis is the leader that I believe will provide that victory, and I think a lot of people on the ground in Iowa see it that way. And, you know, Iowans take this very seriously, right? They know that polls aren't going to decide who the president's going to be. They get to decide. All roads to the White House lead through Iowa. Iowans are convicted. And when they sit down and they meet with Governor DeSantis, they see a leader who is delivered. 
He has time and time again proven that he will do what he said he would do. Uh, and he's done it on serious conservative principles, right? Uh, this is a time right now where people in Iowa want strong conservative leadership to push back on what we're seeing out of Biden with wide open borders, rampant inflation, an economy teetering, uh, you know, worldwide, uh, all sorts of uh, instability with respect to what's going on in Israel, the Middle East, and Russia and Ukraine. Uh, we need leadership right now that's sorely lacking, but we need conservative leadership. We don't need a finger in the air from a certain governor from South Carolina more interested in saddling up with Wall Street donors. Uh, and we don't need to be looking backwards, talking about former President Trump's past and you know, whether or not he's going to give another medal to Anthony Fauci. We need someone who can deliver for the American people like Governor DeSantis delivered for Florida. Now that's, with the Fauci stuff, that's a punch. And so, okay, Trump's going to punch back. That's fine. It's fine. A punch back is fine. Rhino. Republican in name only. That's what what Rhino is. Um, Dopey. Dopey from Donald Trump. Looks dopey, sounds dopey. Why would we be, why would we want it? You want to hit back about Fauci, you feel free. Hitting back by calling him a rhino makes you sound crazy. Now, it's possible that none of it matters. It doesn't matter. Should we take a look? Oh, no, don't make me. All right, I'll do it. Just, uh, Just to see where we are. With uh, the polling data, with that New York Times poll that ended December 14th that shows Trump 64, Haley 11, DeSantis 9, Haley and DeSantis are are basically tied at just near 12%. Uh, Trump's at 63. I guess it doesn't matter what he says. It doesn't matter what the man says at all. In Iowa... While uh, DeSantis has the overall in in second place, Trump 50, Haley 17, DeSantis 15. In the overall, it's Trump, DeSantis, Haley. People talk about how Haley is is rising. Is, is, is that what's what's happening? Well, in, in New Hampshire, that latest CBS poll, Trump 44, Haley 29, DeSantis 10, I'm sorry, DeSantis 11, Christie 10. I mean, it certainly is looking good for her to see her up plus 11 in New Hampshire. And if Christie got out of the race, that would all go to Nikki Haley. Uh, the the Christie voter, sorry. That was that was weirdly said. The Christie voter is clearly going to be a Nikki Haley voter, and there's a lot of push now to get uh, Chris Christie out of this race. Uh, as we've discussed, he should run for Senate against uh, Egyptian uh, candidate Bob Menendez, and I think he'd have great success. But it's still Trump up by massive numbers, even though this latest CBS poll only has him up by 15. Oh, by the way, just 15. So, yeah, the man can get away with whatever he wants, but why are you amazed when you're told it's ridiculous? Calling Chip Roy a rhino is ridiculous. Disagreeing with him about something regarding uh, Fauci or pushing back on something, okay. Rhino is a dopey, dopey, dopey thing to say. But maybe not as dopey as uh, Joe Biden 
saying Trump an insurrectionist? Well, of course he is. Is Trump an insurrectionist, sir? Well, I think certainly you're self-evident. You saw it all. Now, whether the 14th Amendment applies, I'll let the court make that decision. But he certainly supported an insurrection. No question about it. None. Zero. And uh, he seems to be doubling down on about everything. Anyway, I've got to go do this. Hey, what uh, is, are we expecting a hostage deal? The president of the United States decides that a guy is an insurrectionist. Just because. Man. I, I will say this for, for Biden. This, of course, because um, Colorado voted 4-3 to say Donald Trump can't be on the ballot because he's guilty of insurrection uh, regarding uh, uh, the 14th Amendment, Section 3, which is nonsense. Um I thought it was actually, uh, politically, a pretty strong hit from Joe Biden. He doesn't usually act that way. This this way, you're showing up to the gaggle, you're about to get on a plane, you're out of the limo, and boom! You're throwing punches. I think that's that's a little rare for for, for Joe. That was was a political hit. Oh, yeah, it goes without question. All right. It's it's not going to work out well for him when the Supreme Court overturns this thing, but we'll get to that in, in, in a little bit. The, the odds, the numbers all show Trump dominating. Do the numbers now play out specifically when you talk about Iowa, a caucus state? There is a utilization of the data that shows that now when you when you hear people talk uh you're you're talking about likely voters and when you talk about likely voters in a poll these places where trump is coming out ahead slightly but within the margin of error but coming out ahead uh slightly uh it it gets inverted and and biden comes out ahead it is a question, and the question only gets answered on January 15th regarding uh, the, the Iowa caucuses, whether the polling numbers actually shows as ground strength. This has been my argument, my question. I have never said that it's impossible. I just don't know, I just don't know if I believe that it is, uh, it is fait accompli, that Trump's just going to clean house. I'm also not somebody who says, oh my gosh, look at Nikki Haley surging. Well, it's clearly hers. It's not clearly hers. What is clear is that Ron DeSantis has run a terrible campaign. And he needs a gift out of Iowa more than anybody I've ever met. And I have been trying to, to ascertain whether second place finishes provide anything. Let's argue that Trump wins Iowa, wins New Hampshire. One would then assume he would win South Carolina, where he has a very comfortable lead. 
He has a better lead in South Carolina than in New Hampshire. If he wins Iowa and wins New Hampshire, it's game over, right? Well, mostly, I I would assume yes, although some people might not get out of the race. What has to happen for Haley uh, and or or DeSantis to get out of the race? Well, I think for DeSantis, uh, third place in Iowa means you're done. He would have to score at least second to be able to figure out a way to get past New Hampshire, to get into South Carolina, and figure if he can hobble into a Super Tuesday. And remember, we're not discussing the fact that he would win Super Tuesday or win the nomination in this regard. We're saying that how does he, can he keep it going? Is there any level of money to keep it going? A saving face kind of conversation, et cetera, and hope beyond hope. Remember, John McCain was out of it until South Carolina. So, so these things are, are possible, and they're all going to play those kinds of games. Now, if DeSantis wins Iowa, he just has to have some kind of acceptable showing in South Carolina, because if I were him, I would completely skip, New, uh, mostly skip New Hampshire, go to South Carolina, try and make it happen, and then swing yourself into Super Tuesday. But in order for that to happen, he'd have to win Iowa. Trump would have to come in second. That in and of itself would be a monumental shift. The numbers say that can't be. I mean, clearly, the numbers say it can't be. Again, what if you don't believe the numbers? Which I I don't. Because I think getting people to caucus and having that ground game is a much different thing. If Trump comes in second in Iowa... He has to be able to win New Hampshire to then reset the stage, get himself to South Carolina, and then present huge as as clearly the choice on Super Tuesday. But if Haley can second in Iowa and can actually pull something out in New Hampshire, which we believe trending is at least possible, South Carolina is her state And now she has all of the money to make a real Super Tuesday push. In the Super Tuesday push, she doesn't have to do everything. She only has to do a few things. She only has to be able to show that she can grab a couple a couple of delegates and a couple of dollars. By the way, uh, uh, California, Texas, North Carolina, Tennessee, Alabama, Virginia, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Massachusetts, Utah, Minnesota, and Colorado. Because if she can do that, well, then she can play. Now, a lot of this, I shouldn't say a lot of this, all this is speculation. And I get that. And that's all that we have right now. All that we have. When we take a look at these numbers, I just like to share where we're at, what it is we're dealing with. There's not going to be much more polling before we get to Iowa. This is close to the the end of it. This polling says that Trump has it wrapped up. The polling states that. Certainly it states it in Iowa. If he doesn't, 
He doesn't necessarily have it wrapped up so clean right now in New Hampshire, although a 15-point spread is still pretty massive. It's possible. But the only way to know if it's going to happen, if there is any level of opportunity for other people, is if all of Trump's numbers are things that don't translate to actual action. We won't know that. Everyone's guessing on it. I say we wait. But calling Chip Roy a rhino is just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's dopey. And I want to be clear about that. I'm Tony Katz. The tariffs will be avoided and the whiskey will flow. That is beautiful. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. The United States, the European Union, the agreement to extend the suspension on the tariffs on American whiskey. There was a 50% tax set to take effect at the start of next year. This suspension is going to last until March 31st, 2025. You would have had a massive effect on European uh, business. It's not that there aren't plenty of Americans still looking for bourbon, looking for whiskey, looking for rye, looking for all uh, the things, perhaps some sour mash. Uh, But but this this is helpful. This is helpful. This was also, you know, with in, involved steel and and and, and aluminum. Uh, Trade Representative Catherine Tai saying, for the past two years, the United States and the European Union have been engaged in critically important negotiations. The goal is to forge a forward-looking arrangement that will allow us to join forces economically to incentivize fair and clean production and trade in the steel and aluminum sectors. Also, we'd like to get blotto and blank faced. That, that's what she said. I'm, I'm just quoting right there. The EU had originally set the tariff at 25%. And then exports went down 20%. From $552 million to $440 million. That's some real money. They then suspended it in October of 2022. And if it had gone into effect, back into effect, it would have doubled. In that time... Exports to the EU increased 29%, reaching uh, back to levels of $566 million. So this is this is excellent news for the world of whiskey and really for the world of spirits. And when we take a look at, at how uh, tariffs uh, affect things, understand that you know during during COVID, tequila was actually the fastest growing spirit because no tariffs. There were no issues there. You didn't have any problems. And also, you're able to make tequila at a much faster clip than bourbon. Well, anything that people would actually drink. Much faster clip. Very happy to see this done. Good news for the industry. Right now, the Dow is up 41. The NASDAQ is up 55. And I, I, I was discussing this earlier on my morning show that mortgage demand is down, which is weird because interest rates are down. They're, the mortgage rates are under 7%. But people aren't actually applying for mortgages, which could only lead you to one uh, thing. There's still no supply. So the prices on homes still too high. 
I don't know how that creates a better economy. The mortgage rates are down, but you still can't people to buy, get people to buy a house because the house still costs so much. That's an issue. A big one. This is Tony Katz today. I think it's time for us to make sure that we're all on the same page regarding Kamala Harris not being on anyone's page at all. (laughs) No one is thinking of Kamala Harris. Nobody wants to elect Kamala Harris. Nobody has any faith in Kamala Harris. Everyone believes and agrees that the vice president of the United States, Kamala Harris, is a clown. Incompetent. Incapable. Because she chooses to be. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. Let's go barbecue. Let's go bourbon. Those are my two books. Those are perfect for Christmas. Stocking stuffers you can still get right now from Amazon.com. Order them. Let's go BBQ and let's go bourbon. Get them today. I'm going to share with you an interview uh, she did, the vice president, uh, maybe with some other things. This was with uh, Lawrence O'Donnell over at MSNBC. And we talk a lot about the the, the word salad stuff. You, you hear this a lot. Like she's saying things, but... The things don't seem to mean anything. It, it's just a lot of, of gobbledygook. Word salad is the expression that is is, is used. So, for example, uh, she is a big fan of saying, you know, talking about that we can envision a world unburdened by what has been. She talks about all that all the time. Unburdened by what has been. Conceptually, what she's saying is, look, there's the way things were done, but what about trying something a new way? Well, I think that's a a fine thing to say. She talks about it all the time. It's this default position that has now just become a a laugh line, and rightfully so. And then, in in this kind of view, or maybe it's a view of herself that that she thinks is is, uh, academic or, or philosophical, she engages in this weird level of repetition. And this, talking about what's going on between Israel and Hamas... This was Vice President Harris to uh, Lawrence O'Donnell here uh, from MSNBC. You tell me. But we do also need to focus on what is happening now toward what is possible and, and, and should be possible the day after, as we call it. Uh, Lawrence, as you know, I was in Dubai recently meeting with a number of leaders, including many Arab leaders, to talk about our commitment as the United States to a two-state solution and a commitment to doing the hard work that that will require to get to a place where we, for the principles that we have stated, um, will insist there be no reoccupation of Gaza by the Israelis, there will be no forced displacement of Palestinians, but we work toward equal measures of security, prosperity, and freedom for Israelis and for Palestinians. And so that is a big part of our goal at this point as well, which is to do what is possible to lay the pathway for that possibility and that goal. I ask you right now, does that sound like somebody you would put your faith into to push a nuclear button? 
The answer is no. The answer is she so doesn't know how to end a sentence. She doesn't know how to phrase a sentence. She doesn't know how to put herself together and is so unsure of her words that she just has to keep going until she runs out of breath. And in that, there's a total lack of faith in her, a total lack of belief. She does this to herself. She is simply not somebody that anybody could trust. So when we have this conversation about what could happen in in uh, in in twenty twenty four with, with uh, the Democrats on the ticket, yes, replacing because I got asked this question uh, yesterday. Of course, I think they're going to replace Joe, Joe Biden. I absolutely believe that to be true. I believe that everything is lining up for that. There is no way they replace him with Kamala Harris. It just can't happen. It just won't happen. Because how do you listen to that? Now, the question before us is, why can't the political left just accept the fact that she's not capable? She's not capable. Why is this a, a, a conversation piece that if you bring it up, you're told you're sexist or you're a racist. The people screaming sexist or racist are amongst the most hapless people in America. I've said this many times, and I think it is very much worth repeating because this seems to be some kind of, I don't know if, if, if the word is upsetting, this seems to be the kind of, of thing that people want to vilify you for, but it's clearly true. I have met many a white person. Some are lovely. Some are jerks. Some are super smart. Some dumb as a box of rocks. Some decent and moral. Some absolutely despicable. I wouldn't let them in my house. Some who were friends and now I don't speak to because of their treatment of me. And some who I wasn't sure about who I have become dear friends with. That sounds familiar to anybody? Sounds like experiences you've had in your life. How is that not true if it's true of people who are white of everybody else? Because the white part or the black part or the Asian part or the gay part or the Jewish part or the Christian part is not the part. These are human beings, and human beings have failings. And some people will surprise you, and some people will surprise you. This is just how it works. There are two sides to the bell curve. And there are plenty of black people out there who are super smart, and there are plenty of black people out there who are super dumb. Why? Because there are two sides of the bell curve. Same thing with Asian people. Same thing with Hispanic people. Same thing with gay people. Same thing with women and men and Jews and this and that. Why is this surprising? But it seems that saying so can get you in a whole heap of trouble. Oh, oh, I, I, I have had producers where I've had this conversation. And you could see them cringe. Oh, they can't believe that I'm saying such a thing. Oh, it might be seen as offensive. And they're the problem. 
if I just said that there's two sides to the bell curve and you could take any group of people and any characteristic and put them into the in into into the hopper, into the equation, and some will come out on this side, and some will come out on, come out on, on that side. That's that's rational. That is offensive. You can't say that. Someone might get offended. Go ahead. Be offended. Kiss my butt. What does that matter? What does it matter that you think that my commentary about the vice president, Kamala Harris, is because she's black and a woman? That's inconsequential claptrap bullcrap. She's not smart. She's not effective. She can't lead. And from every single source she doesn't study she doesn't prepare she doesn't care she blames everybody else for everything else going on around her the problem is her not the color of her skin not her sex her kamala harris isn't smart enough to be president she's not smart enough to be vice president and remember you want to know how bad Joe Biden's instincts are? He picked her. The woman who referred to him as a segregationist. He picked Kamala. If he was going to pick a black woman, remember, the, these are this is the progressive left. Checking boxes is what they do. And I have no problem with him picking a black woman. You could have picked Val Demings. I'm going to say that again. Do you remember Val Demings? Congresswoman? Former police chief of Orlando? Val Demings would have been a far superior choice. I still say that to Kamala Harris. You wouldn't be having the conversation. At least, at least I would argue I don't think you'd be having the conversation that you'd be having about Kamala Harris. I, I, I really don't believe that you would. You would be saying, all right, you could default here. You, you, the Democrats could be okay with this. They could rally around this. No one can rally around Kamala Harris because Kamala Harris is not capable and she's proven it. Why is that so hard to say? Why is it? Why is that somehow a problem? I don't think it should be. And I think that the people who want to make this a problem are some amongst the, the, the biggest bigots out there. The bigotry is somehow saying that I can't notice that Kamala Harris isn't qualified. Look, Joe Biden isn't qualified. You're talking about the whitest white guy out of the whitest white guys. Joe Biden is so white, he's quite literally glowing. So my issue is clearly with policy and with intellect they have bad policies they have no intellect that's that's my issue to say that it's racial is nutty and so i i bring it up just as as a reminder to you and to all of us don't worry about what they call you don't worry about the the names that they use who cares let them use names blah 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 blah, blah, blah. forget it you engage as you see fit. You recognize things for what they are. Part of not allowing you to utilize certain words is so you won't have conversations that they might find problematic to their future. 
That's what, if we go back to the very concepts of political correctness, it is to limit conversation, limit speech, limit the ability to share and engage so conversations and truth does not get out and that benefits them. I'm not interested in benefiting them. Screw them. They're so completely insane, they don't think we should notice that Kamala Harris isn't qualified, that she's not bright, that she's not good at this, that everything she says is this absolutely ridiculous, nonsensical, silly pablum. But we do notice. And it's okay to notice. Kamala Harris is never going to get the nomination. She's not. The Democratic Party knows this. Just like they know, in my view, that Joe Biden needs to be replaced. And they are going to replace him. We taking bets? This is Tony Katz today. So I'm finishing up my selection for Cigar and Bourbon of the Year. And I, I've been trying to figure out if there is a standard by that, that which I, I utilize to make that determination. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Find everything going on at TonyKatz.com. Is there, is there a, a, a specific methodology I, I utilize with, with bourbon uh, to say, all right, this is this is it, and, and this is why it is? And the answer is no, there isn't. There really isn't. And I actually have to go back and listen to old episodes of Eat, Drink, Smoke, My Cigar and Bourbon Show to kind of figure out what I liked it and kind of and, and, and refresh my memory. As, as a standard, right, I, I like a bourbon that has some oak. You understand that, that bourbon, to be bourbon, goes into a first use charred oak barrel, right? It's the first time it was ever used. It has to be charred, which means there's fire to it, and how much fire there is is totally up to you know the cooperage, whoever's making uh, the barrel, and, and certainly up to the distiller and the kind of uh, flavors that they're, they're trying to um, grab from, from the wood. And then after that, it's done. It can be used for scotch. It can be used for Irish whiskey. It can be used for anything. It just can't be used for bourbon again. That's, I mean, you can do some second barreling things, et cetera, but in order to make bourbon, it has to be a first use charred oak barrel. But, but what is the, the flavor that makes bourbon for me? Well, there, there, there is the oak. And now some people will get into the, the, the caramels or, or is, it, is it vanillas, what levels of, of, of spice. For me, admittedly, it, it is that wood, um, which, which sometimes can play itself for me almost as leather, which is an interesting way to describe the, the, the flavor. It doesn't have to be for you. I'm, I'm saying for me. And, and so that is what, what drives me. But as I've investigated bourbon and, and, and have been studying, I am much more a fan of rye. I like rye more than I like bourbon. So bourbon is 51% corn, rye is 51% rye, uh, and, and uh, amongst other, other differences. So I, I, I find myself more attracted to rye and those flavors. But again, I don't like necessarily an overwhelming spice. There's just something more more clean about a rye is that weird and while i like sweet i don't want to be overwhelmed by the sweetness 
So when we go back to bourbons, people talk about those caramel kind of flavors. I appreciate it. It's not 100% what I want, which is why I like the more oak out of it. I like what the wood brings, and I like, for me, on the rise, some of the more clarifying uh, flavors. They're, they're, they're more direct in, in my view. So I'm searching for for what this is. What, what, what is the best bourbon that I've had this year that, that we've reviewed uh, on the show? And I'm, I'm going through this, and, and I'm here to tell you uh, that this is, this is why I love the stuff. This oh, I, I absolutely uh, adore it because you can have these like 9 million different points of view. Here's, here's what I've got on, on, on my list. So I went through uh, this bunch of stuff that, that we had to drink. I don't know if you've had this. Like some things are unfair. Like, for example, over the past year, we did the Weller 12-year. And, and I'm not putting Weller 12-year on my list. It's not fair. I love Weller 12-year. Ha, ha. So good. Weller is one of the more famous names in bourbon, but I'm not going to get into everything right now. But it's 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 too well known, and and I don't think it's it's right to put on the list. I'm not I'm not putting it on, on my list, which maybe I'm right about, maybe I, I'm I'm wrong about. I'm not putting the Weller 12 year on my list. Uh, but I was looking at all the things we we drank this year, and I'm like, I want to know if any of these would be on your list. Penelope Architect Straight Bourbon. Hard Truth Sweet Mash Rye, Bareface Triple Oak Canadian Whiskey. That's right. We, we drink a lot of weird stuff. Henry McKenna Single Barrel Bottled and Bond 10-Year Bourbon. Those are just four that I met. If you've had those, I want to know if they're on your list. The Henry McKenna Single Barrel Bottled in Bond, the Bareface Triple Oak Canadian Whiskey, the Hard Truth, which comes out of Indiana, Sweet Mash Rye, and the Penelope Architect Straight Bourbon. Let me know if you've had those bourbons or, or rise. Tell me what you think of them. I'm not saying they're going to be my top three. I'm saying they might be on my list. Let me know what you think of them if you've had them. This is Tony Katz today.